Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate uh, all the messages on uh, the text line. Somebody had bullish or BS, Rod. You know, we talked yesterday about the uh, Nebraska coach being petty after the Longhorns whooped him in volleyball. Hey, man. He got swept. That's why he was dead. Threw some shade Texas's way. Somebody sent us this. that uh, So Nebraska, had their recruiting class was ranked number one in the country. And they had Merritt Benson, a transfer from Florida, who was one of their best players. I don't understand this guy. What's his, what's his beef with Texas? Like, they're doing something wrong when he's doing the same damn thing yeah i don't i think it was just him being bitter yeah he was in the moment i mean you gotta forget people people who don't follow volleyball don't say this is a rivalry between texas oh, sure. and nebraska they've been going at it and i believe texas has won like four out of the last six or well, and, four and, out of the last five but they, they when they meet it's usually with everything on the line. They meet deep into the postseason well, like listen, this. Listen, and if you go back to the Big 12 days when Nebraska was in the Big 12, Nebraska fans are not fans of Texas, right? There's, no. there's always been yeah. the Tom Osborne dislike of Texas, and that, that permeates that whole fan base. So, yeah, he was – and, you know, he was – Taking, he's taking hate from his own fan base because he was supposed to win the national championship. He's, that team was supposed to win they that. The team was the underdog, <laughs> I believe, in, right, in the last three matches. Yeah, they were. They were the underdog. And if you go back to start the season – uh, everyone's pick to win it was Nebraska. They were the prohibitive favorite because of the transfer I just mentioned and the number one recruiting yeah. class, and they were thirty-three and one. That's I think that, that's probably more what he's upset about is that he they, they basically they were disappointed from his own they, yeah they were his team because I, I saw some videos yesterday of the players from Nebraska they were crushed I mean they were and they well because they the, how they got beat like, it wasn't competitive. It wasn't. Uh, they, they, they had their will snatched. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's one of the – there was one of the girls that says, well, this will just drive us to win three in a row now or something along those lines. So, um, you know, we'll see where that goes. But uh, congrats to the Texas volleyball team. I don't know if there's going to be some type of, you know, school. I know school's out right now. So, uh, you think there would do some type of, you know, celebration kind of thing, national championship type of thing. But either way, um, probably not. Maybe when the school comes, everybody gets back to let everybody yeah. come out and congratulate the ladies because there's a lot of, a lot of Longhorn fans you know who are excited to see that. We might be – you know what? Maybe we're looking at it all wrong. Maybe this Nebraska <laughs> coach – because we talked about this in football all the time, that there's this uh, kind of smoke signals that these coaches are sending out to their boosters and donors a lot of times. And they're ranting and raving, like, who the hell is he talking about and talking to? It's like, actually, that's kind of a little message he's sending to his boosters or donors. Maybe he's talking to their supporters and saying, hey, man, we need to up the ante here, just so you know. Like, yeah. they, see what they're doing? Well, we, I need, we need to do what they're doing. I think you saw Matt Rule doing it, too. Matt Rule, yeah, like, you know, hey. sometimes you put those messages out there for your own people. Hey, look. And you, yeah. You know, when Matt Rule made, made headlines nationally when he said a quarterback's going for a million dollars. Cost you a million dollars. That's a message to his, his donors, too. Hey, listen. You, you want me to win? You want us to win? I remember when he was talking about his assistant coach, Matt Rule, mm-hmm. and he told him, you know, because he was going to go on and be a head coach somewhere, and he said, you know, don't take a job where the expectation is higher than the investment. Yep. And the support. You know what I mean? Hey, who's he talking to? You know, who's he talking to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, maybe we're maybe, maybe we're misconstruing it. Maybe he's actually talking to some folks there behind their scenes and saying, hey, y'all know y'all want to compete with Texas. This, I, I need y'all to, to kind of change y'all's mindset about the transfer report. Maybe we need to be more in the NIL space, more the leaders there. Hey, listen. 
Yeah. You know, just play another one of those games at the football stadium and give the ticket revenue to uh, the volleyball team or something. Well, I don't know. Whatever, whatever <laughs> Matt, Matt Rule's doing is working because he just got with Dylan Rayola, one of the top QBs yeah, coming did. out. And well, with that boy, in mind, before, his we, uncle raised before we talk to our man <laughs> Tyler Campbell, our man TC Speaks, who happens, has a big event today we're going to tell you about. Also, the uh, – Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award will be handed oh, out coming up. We'll get the details great. on that. Uh, but right now, let's talk uh, some headlines, top stories. There's plenty of them. <laughs> top Gun Rentals and Lauderdale bring you the top stories of the day, and it did start with college football. And uh, Safe State Longhorns on a bit of a roll on the recruiting trail right now, where his head coach Steve Sarkeesian posted to his ex account yesterday, the program is, quote, on a heater. Uh, Texas has received four major commitments over the past 48 hours. It started over the weekend with University of Houston receiver Matthew Golden pledging through the transfer portal. He's coming to Texas. Then early yesterday, another top portal prospect, Andrew Makuba, the LB former OBJ Jaguar, uh, uh, tweeted out that he's headed back to the, uh, the 5-1-2 after spending the last three seasons as starter in the Clemson secondary. Six-foot, 195-pounder will arrive on the 40 acres in January with experience and versatility. Could play free safety or nickel. Could be an immediate replacement for the departing Jade Barron. Not long after that announcement came word that following his official visit to Texas this past weekend, Xavier Phil Sami, the five-star safety from McKinney High School, intends to sign with the Longhorns on Wednesday, not Florida, where he had been verbally committed. Phil Sami is ranked as the number two safety in the country by 24-7 Sports, the seventh overall prospect in Texas by that same uh, outfit, and uh, the fifth defensive back in the Longhorn class of 2024. He's the fourth five-star prospect in the cycle, joining wide receiver Ryan Wingo, defensive end Colin Simmons, offensive tackle Brandon Baker in a class that is now ranked in the top five nationally. And then finally, yesterday afternoon, Texas picked up their second commitment for the class of 2025. Four-star Calhoun, Georgia tight end prospect Amari Winston chose the Longhorns over Ohio State. He joined Sarah Land, Alabama quarterback K.J. Lacey in the, is the two commitments to that class so far. Big recruiting flip outside of Austin yesterday, as Rod just mentioned, official word from the five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola that he is decommitting from Georgia, plans to sign with Nebraska on Wednesday. Uh, he is the number one rated pocket passer in the nation. Of course, his father, Dominic Rayola, played at Nebraska, played in the NFL for a long, long time. The junior pass for three, uh, the blow to the Bulldogs, by the way, for Georgia, softened a little bit from the announcement from their current quarterback, Carson Beck, that he plans to return to Georgia for the 2024 season. NFL, incredible finish on Monday Night Football last night to wrap up the week. The homestanding Seahawks down to Philadelphia, 17-13 with 1.24 to go. Their backup quarterback, Drew Locke, engineered a 10-play, 92-yard drive Capped it with a gorgeous 29-yard strike to the rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, and the uh, Seahawks stunned the, the Eagles 20-17. to uh, Eagles have now lost three in a row. They fall to 10-4. and They're tied with the Cowboys atop the NFC East. A great one in Cleveland, Donovan, in the NBA, I should say, Donovan Mitchell, 37 points to push the Cavaliers past Houston, 135-130 in overtime. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, uh, joining us right now on the hotline to uh, talk about a number of things. First of all, we can talk about uh, the Tyler Rose Award and the finalists, because I think there's some Longhorn love there. Hello. Uh, but he is a published author. He's also a motivational speaker, uh, public speaker, and also one of our really good friends. Uh, Tyler Campbell joining us right now on the hotline. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, brother? TC. Hey, man. Good morning, y'all. How are y'all doing, fellas? Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Robbie, I got one question for you, baby. <laughs> Listen, Bobby Bowden shows up. Mac Brown just left. If Bobby Bowden shows up, helicopter and all, says, Rob Babers, I got two to three million to come to Florida State. What are you saying? Ooh, <laughs> In the NIL world, I'm praying In the NIL that... world, is it? Hey. 
Hey, I'm praying, TC, that Mac Brown okay. and them BMDs over there on the 40 acres, Big Money Donuts Boosters, that they would like Rod me as much as Bobby Bowden's Boosters and Donuts, and that they would match whatever NIL money that I was getting. But if he's come, listen, these days, I would have gone wherever I thought would have been the best choice for me. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie and say the NIL wouldn't have mattered, TC. That's crazy, man, because these guys are getting paid. Man, it, it's a crazy world, but man, I, I listen. I just love love hearing you guys. E Hogan, my brother, love you. It is a pleasure to hear you, man. You guys sound good on the air, keeping Texas tie on his toes back there on the ones and twos. Love the show, y'all. Keep it up, man. Hey, we will do just that, and you keep it up too. We're looking forward. You know, I'm trying to get you guys back in there on the Saturday mornings, Tyler. I'm, I'm pushing for that to get the TC speaks back. Yeah, Got to have that positivity on a Saturday yeah, uh, with people hey. uh, loving loving that show and that whole lineup. So I'm looking. For, I'm trying to get that done for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, man, love it, love it. And it, like I said, no matter what, for the holiday season, it's been a joy having you guys on air this fall. I mean, it, it, it's been a joy. Love hearing you guys, as always. Please keep up the fantastic work, man. Hey, man, it's been fun to cover this football team and this volleyball team and all that's going on mm. in Texas. Now, uh, I know you have an event today. You are, as we, you know, you've written several books, and uh, you have a book signing today, and you're going to be out in Dripping Springs today, right? Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and kudos, to, kudos to, you know, the Horn family. I mean, from listeners still remembering me back on the air and, and, uh, you know, did a signing back during the early times last year at Sue Patrick, um, you know, great friends uh, uh, of the Longhorn family. And uh, now being able to do something for a customer who came in to a book signing who wanted me to come out to Dripping Springs. So, man, it all starts with the horn, ends with the horn. So I'm, I'm thankful to be doing something uh, outside the city limits. That's really special, guys. So, you know, the book continues to open up doors. Uh, it's been a blessing to sports teams uh, across the country, uh, in particular my, my alma mater. I know it's been dished out to all the various sports teams at my alma mater at San Diego State. Uh, continues to be a teaching point for various businesses within the pharmaceutical realm, and it has really encouraged the multiple sclerosis community. Some of MS advocates start, you know, writing their own stories. So uh, it's done more than I could have ever imagined. Outside of being an Amazon bestseller, and again, guys, it all started with my time on on the horn. That's good. Hey, yeah, I think you're giving us too much credit, TC. Yeah, but no. we, we appreciate it, man. Trust me, you're doing all the hard work. Now, for those who don't know, um, the the book is called "The Ball Came Out," and uh, you're going to be signing in Dripping Springs. Going to be at Hudson's on Mercer yeah. Street, right? Three eighty one Mercer right Street, right downtown, right in Old Town. Uh, dri- right downtown. Okay, so he knows yes, exactly sir. where it is. Uh, so it, that's where it's going to be at. But for those who haven't gotten a chance to read the book, and I would encourage anybody out there, as he said, Amazon bestseller, so shout out to my man. Uh, you, can, you can find it there. But give people a little synopsis uh, about the book because I thought it was very entertaining, but also I thought it was inspiring in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I come from the standpoint of, of, of being able to showcase, you know, I think people get a, also a different perspective as to who my father is. From, from that standpoint, you know, the NFL Hall of Famer, Heisman Trophy guy, you know, I get to, I get to highlight him as a father. Um, so lessons learned from a parenting standpoint um, from my father, what it was like growing up in, in Westlake, you know, being one of the first, first few black families that were, were ever in Eames ISD. Um, so coming from that perspective, you also get an understanding, you know, high school football through the eyes of, of somebody who went through a, a very, very elite program, which is Westlake High School kind of what that what that's like for people who don't didn't grow up in the great state of texas you highlight what what high school football was like 
Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who went through the alternative system, guys. Uh, ran into my issues with, with alcohol. Um, kind of somebody who was an introvert by nature and just uh, kind of was the opposite of what people might have thought back then. And, and, and bad decisions caused me to, to get in trouble with the police. And, and it's kind of a, a story of getting, getting knocked down but never counted out. Um, but at the same time, that adversity in my youth, it paid dividends for me learning how to pull myself up. It paved the way of understanding how to deal with multiple sclerosis. And, and it got to talk that faith walk and got to talk that faith talk in terms of, of understanding what really helped me prevail and how I ended up becoming the first person to ever play Division One college football with multiple sclerosis. And it's, and it's beautiful nowadays, guys, because I get the letters, I get the emails, I get the follows. There's a gentleman who plays for the Houston Texans right now, a defensive lineman who went to the University of Notre Dame. He has multiple sclerosis. He found me because he found my story. He found my book. Um, and it has been uh, something that he's kept near and dear to him being a national uh, NFL football player. So, again, um, you just never know, guys, and it's something that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. Uh, as do you, my yeah. friend, and it's a great story, and uh, it's a highly recommended book, by the way. And uh, Hudson's in Dripping Springs. It's right in downtown Old uh, Old Drip right there, great spot. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's got a old honky-tonk uh, oh, feel. You'll yes, love it. It it's cool, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a cool spot. It's a good spot uh, on the weekends for for the Christmas season, too. they got lights up okay. and uh, that whole that whole the old Main Street area and Hudson's right there is, is pretty cool. Hey, uh, TC, that is awesome. So we'll get people out there. What time is the book signing today in Dripping Springs? Yeah, guys, we got because we got to get people there. We got to get you there right there on time. The book signing will be from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So it gives you a little bit of time if you're coming off of work. Um, definitely, uh, well, I know we're going to get a lot of people from the Dripping Springs football team, the Dripping Springs, Dripping Springs Sports Arena, because uh, it's a great book in terms of, you know, for young teenagers, young athletes. So um, 5 to 7, I'll be there. And, 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 hey, if it calls late, hey, stay a little bit later. So who knows? Hey, I know. You, I know. Coming up, uh, you guys have the, the this year's award for the uh, Tyler, Rose. Yes. Tyler Rose Earl Campbell Award there in over in yes. Tyler, which is pretty cool. And there's a there's a Longhorn in the final finalist group, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My man Brooks has been there, and and I think you know, guys. I mean, he was on a on a heck of a season, right? And yeah. and it's saying something when sports writers, when people from the national scene, can look at his season and still say to themselves. This young man deserves to be the finalist on the finalist list, and he's even missed that much of the football season. So it always makes you wonder, my goodness, what would it have been like if he stayed healthy? Um, yeah. So, man, you, you, you know, but, but kudos to him because I still feel like his best is yet to come. But, you know, the, the award, if you track it, guys, we've had some great people come through. I'm thinking about a young Patrick Mahomes before he rolls on the scene. I'm thinking about, you know, young Jalen Hurts. Um, we've had guys, and the award is special. It really, it really tells you people who played high school football in the state of Texas or went to college in the state of Texas, we produce some of the elite of the elite. Um, so if you look at that awards list and look at other finalists, um, other people who've been there, uh, we got Ollie on there from, from Oklahoma State as a finalist this year. You've got, you've got people like Jalen Milrow from Alabama who's there as a finalist this year. But if you look at our list, Man, be proud to be from the state of Texas, high school football player here or playing football here. This state will always still reign supreme in my own thinking in terms of talent as opposed 
to any other state. You know, you don't have to ask somebody if you're from the state of Texas, doggone it, we're going to tell you, you know. <laughs> and so, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a special award. Dad gives and brings something back to Tyler every year. It's something he's always wanted to have an award in his honor for college football. Um, he always said to himself in the years of Doke, uh, Doke Walker being one of the first, you know, some of the first winners of the, of the Doke Walker Award, he always said to himself, man, I, one day I want an award for me named after college football. Hey, and if you build it, ladies and gentlemen, they will come. So there you go. Kudos to Earl Campbell. Well done. Uh, yeah. Well said, brother. Yeah, that, uh, the finalists are Jonathan Brooks from Texas, Ollie Gordon, Oak State, Jalen Milrow, the quarterback at Alabama, uh, Caden Slater, or Salter, the quarterback at Liberty, mm. and Ashton mm-hmm. Genty, the uh, running back from Boise State. The winner will be announced January the 10th at the banquet there in uh, Tyler, Texas. And it's a great award, Earl Campbell, paying it forward, yeah, no. paying it forward. Hey, uh, you <laughs> always pay it forward, T.C. Do you have another question, Ron? No, I don't know. I just want to say thanks, T.C. Appreciate thanks, you. T.C., man. Five to seven today, Hudson's and Dripping Springs with the book signing. The book's available on Amazon. And, uh, man, it's great to hear you, my friend. It's always a it's – a, it's a, anytime you run across Tyler, you, you leave that conversation feeling good, uh, feeling good. He's a positive guy. Thank Amen. you, Tyler. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, hey, T.C. love you guys. Keep up the great work. Love you, man. Take it down. Get some sleep, Ty. <laughs> Get some sleep time. Love you too, bro. The ball came out with Tyler Campbell is the name of the book. It and is. as he said, he takes you through his, his story, his journey to where he was and tr- challenges. And uh, speaking of the, you know, we're getting to, to see Earl Campbell because, I mean, so many people listen to this show, love the Longhorns, know Earl Campbell is one of their favorite all-time players. Oh, legend, but to, but to yeah. learn about him as a father and how he raised his, his kids, and yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. And speaking of that, coming up and at the turn, Rod, we're gonna. I, I got some sound. I, mean, we, I mentioned at the turn, of course, is our you know, halfway point of our show, and it's a golf-centered feature with Callahan's General Store. But uh, this past weekend, it was a, the father-son event, the mm-hmm. PNG, the PNC event. Yeah, uh, I got some sound and, and some great parenting advice from Patty Harrington, Patrick Harrington, the uh, the, okay. the Irishman, the major champion. Also, some pretty good stuff. Just how important that event is to the to the young, to the kids uh, who play in it with their parents. It's pretty cool stuff. We'll have that coming up. Uh, but it is a cool you know connection to what Tyler just said. Is you know we all knew Earl as Earl, right? The Tyler yeah. Rose. Mm-hmm. He knew him as Dad. Yeah, <laughs> so dear, yeah, very different. And I mean, I'm, I'm, it, it's really interesting. He talks about like how he gives you a little uh, portal. Uh, into his upbringing with Earl, then the and them growing up in Westlake and all that. It actually it's really interesting how the the book kind of pivots and different at different points uh, just to kind of highlight uh, why he's so why his personality is so unique. Yeah, and he's yeah. it is it, that's a great word for it. He is one of the more unique people to <laughs> uh, ever be around. But optimistic, man. But uh, man, so Love I mean, it. dealing with MS and dealing with anything just so positive. All right, we come back. We'll have that at the turn. We'll also go behind the burn orange curtain with Rod and talk about uh, these Longhorn commitments, man. It's uh, it's that time of year. Longhorns are prepping for a huge game on uh, January first, but they're also in the talent acquisition portion of the off season uh, right now at the portal and with uh, National Signing Day, the window opening tonight into tomorrow. So we'll get you details on that behind the BOC. Plus, I'm off the record before the end of the hour. But coming next, it's at the turn on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? The Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. All right, at the turn, brought to you by Callahan's General Store. And uh, coming up, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. Also talking NFL, week 15 in the books. Already looking forward to week 16. 
And Rod, I have another request of the NFL. They have flex scheduling, do they not now? I know. Well, they don't use it enough. I know. I'm going to beg the, the, <laughs> the powers that be to change what we see on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Who's that? I'll tell you, coming okay. up. Coming up before we go That's Bernard's curtain. That's people. called a tease in radio. <laughs> uh, hopefully to stick around. And also for off the record, which will be fun. And Rod's behind the BOC. But I wanted to play this because this is pretty cool. Uh, at the turn, of course, is uh, halfway through our five-hour conversation every morning. Just like in golf, if you're nine, out, nine holes in, you're making the turn. You've got nine to go. Uh, you know, you know it's okay to just play nine sometimes, Rod. It really is. I would rather play nine. Oh, I don't yeah. want to play 18. I well, can't be out there for three hours. Five. Five you're hours? Playing, you're playing a foursome. It's four and a half. Maybe five. You got some slow guys that you want to whack. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I want to do anything for five hours. Like I don't even sleep for five hours most nights. <laughs> I stop. I stop playing after nine every time. Then it's become sitting in the golf cart drinking pretty much. There yeah, you go. Well, That's some fun. good friends of mine have the idea of uh, fourteen hole golf. Uh, because fourteen, because nine typically is not enough. Nine is your like. It's only been a couple hours, and you because know, if you're just playing a quick round, you can play nine in an hour and a half. That's what hours. I'm talking about. That's what I want. But then you're because normally you you got now you're starting to get rolling and you want to keep going. So let's go because typically you can you can look at golf in in every, four holes takes an hour, so okay. four hour round. <sighs> wow. So two for the first nine, two for the back nine. But you know, you, you got to you know that that last hour. Once you get to fourteen, you're like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to go. I agree. Like I don't I don't <laughs> see how y'all can be out there for four no, to five. That's a long time. Uh, it That's is a fun. Long time. Well, I'm going to play you two things because we just talked the the, the the story of golf before we get to the real the busy golf season coming up in the new year, and obviously the controversy with Live Golf and everything that's going to happen. 31st is that deadline for the PGA Tour and Live to finalize that deal. We'll keep you posted on that. We're two weeks away from it, 12 days now for that deal to get done. But we had the PNC event over the weekend, the father son father daughter event, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those heartwarming deals. They play a scramble. It's lighthearted. It's fun. Well, listen to this. This is how you know. This is what's great about the game of golf. You just heard Tyler Campbell talking about his dad, Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. We know sports is a great way to connect with kids and, and teach lessons of kids. Listen to because the game of golf has always been that. And there's two pieces of sound I wanted to play that are based around that same conversation. One, this is uh, the the son of Annika Sorenstam, who she who he, he's like 14 years old. Uh, listen to him talking about how important this weekend was playing golf with his mom. It's the best week of my year and life I have in. It's so much fun being able to do it with her, and thank you, PNC, for everything. I can see tears in your eyes. I know it was an emotional walk down 18. Was it emotional for you, Annika? It is, because <laughs> it's so much fun. We have a good time together, and we walked. I mean, obviously, we wanted to do a little better today, um, but I think just walking together and having a good time, and I was walking pretty fast on 18. He says, slow down, Mommy. I want to enjoy this moment, so... I think that's kind of what we did all week. The happy tears, right, Will? Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> happy tears. Pretty cool. Uh, and the game of Slow golf, down, it's, it's a generational thing, Rick. Right? You hand down the game, you teach your kids, yeah. and then you play with your kids. And listen to Patrick Harrington. This is okay. great advice for parents, uh, not just in golf, but certainly in golf, but uh, how sports, you know, how parents need to treat their kids, especially young kids who are getting into a new sport like golf. This is Patrick Harrington. He is the major champion Irishman uh, with the Irish brogue, but also some, I think some sage parenting advice. Sorry, buffering issues. Oops. When we're ready. Come on. Here we go. Uh, I don't necessarily know. Golf's always been easy because I have the facilities at home. So I would say to a lot of people, you think providing these for your kids is, is good, but not really. 
you know, uh, when it's easy for kids, they just tend not to want to do it. So, uh, I, I, in hindsight, the best way if you want to get your kid into the game of golf is bring them somewhere where you're not stressed. That's very important. Kids pick up on that. Let them do what they like when they're there. Have a bit of fun. If they want to hit one shot, two shots, ten shots, play in the bunker, look in the water, whatever they want to do, let them do. And generally bring them home before they get tired. So the best thing you can do with a kid early on in golf is say, hey, we have to go home. And don't wait till they're tired and hate it. Wait till when they're actually enjoying themselves. Go home. And the last thing I would say, and this has nothing to do with being a competitive player, it's about the love of the game. When you're finished, take 10 minutes to spend with your son or daughter and go and have a Coke, a Pepsi this week. Go and have a Pepsi in the bar, wherever it is, and sit there, have an ice cream and spend 10, 15 minutes. Because if they have that 15 minutes alone time with you, just you and them, for the rest of their life, every time they play golf, they remember the 15 minutes they had with their father or mother. And that's what will keep bringing them back to golf for the next... And remember, these kids will play golf for 90 years. They'll be, my, my, there's a good chance my kids will be playing when they're 100. So, like, it's a long career. And if every time they play golf, it's bringing that happy memory of when they were a kid and they just got a bit of alone time, a bit of quiet time, a bit of big boy time, you know, where they're sitting there in the clubhouse and, and enjoying it. So it, it's very important stress-free environment don't bring them to the nice country club that's no use and makes them soft anyway bring them out there <laughs> uh, you know makes all the soft. players on tour I guarantee you we, we had nothing else to do in our summers we were thrown out go to the golf course and we spent played 45 holes a day and it was something to do having too many options also won't make them want to play golf you know so you know it's nice when in the summertime that's the kids all go out, they cycle up to the golf course, whatever, and then they just spend the whole day there. That's another way kids will get to love the game. And remember, it's unlikely if your kid gets good at the game, that doesn't necessarily make them love the game. If your kid loves the game, it's likely that they'll become good at it. It's the love should be first. And, and it's even more important to get a love of the game because we all know you plateau when you play golf. There's many plateaus where it really gets frustrating. And if you don't love it, those plateaus are going to stop you playing, you're going to give up. Whereas if you love it, you'll go through anything. So try and get the love of the game for the kids first. Don't make... They'll figure out how to play great golf. Kids are brilliant. They'll, they'll figure it out. You don't need to be teaching your kids how to play golf. You need to be ensuring that they're in an environment that they just love the game, and then they'll start asking questions. There you go, Patty. That, that could right. apply to a lot of different fields or realms, but uh, Parenting 101. A lot of wisdom in there, man. A lot, I, I pulled out a couple of things. One thing I, I, I thought I could relate to just as a young athlete myself, at the end there what he says, you know, you, you have to have the love initially of the game, and you can get good at it after you find the initial love that you have for the game. That's how I was. And he pointed out uh, before that, he said, you know, you can be good at it but not love it. Yep. And I know I, I played with guys who were good, did not love football. Yeah. There are plenty of guys. We, I mean, you know, Ricky, Williams was probably, Ricky Williams admitted that at one time. He's like, I didn't love the game. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I, was good. I was just really good at it. And everybody was like, hey, man, you need to play because you're so good at this. You should do this because you're so good at it. He's like, all right, I guess I'll do it because he was just so good at it. You can be really good at something and not necessarily love it. And that wasn't the, the case for me. I loved football first and then got good at it later, which was why I was a late bloomer. I didn't get my first scholarship offer until, like, my, my senior year in high school. Right. So I think that is what I can relate to. Yeah, man, foster and cultivate the love they have for it. They'll get good at it. If, yeah. they, if that's meant to be, they'll get 
you're good at it. Well, even go back to the beginning where we talked about take them home while they're still having fun, right? Yeah. And they'll want to come and back. Wanna, yes. Yeah, but if you – and so many parents will leave their kid on the – Why am I? Dad, I'm so tired. Can we go home? No, it's a couple more. A couple <laughs> more, more reps. A couple more holes. Yeah, couple yeah, more yeah. holes. Yeah. Right about that. Or yeah, a couple more reps. No, while they're still having fun, especially when they're young. Obviously, as they get older, you can you know, yeah, you push, mature, them, a you can push them a little bit more. Yeah. And, and if you, you foster it right early, they'll push themselves as they get older, right? Exactly. If they love it. If, if they, they love it, it, they'll go out there like I did. I'm like, nah, I'm going to do some drills, Dad. I, I want to be good. Well, and, that, and, and also to the point of golf, which is different than football or any sport, you can play till you're 90 years old. If you were at Onion Creek, Rod, you'll see old folks out, older folks out here playing golf mm-hmm. um, deep into their 80s and 90s. And, you know, it's, it's a sport and a game you can play your whole life. And uh, that's why it's such a generational thing where, you know, pe- you know fathers hand it down, daughters you know, right pick it up. That. And it's a cool thing. That's uh, yep. At the Turn, brought to you by Callahan's General Store. Make sure you're picking up all of your uh, – by the way, we know that uh, at Callahan's, they, keep, they help you keep your yard golf course ready year-round oh, yeah. and in golf course shape. And we know this too, right? We've had the, the, the winters and the summers have been more extreme the last couple of years, Rod. The extreme freezes, the extreme heat, mm-hmm. that's, that wears your yard out. You really need to be getting to Callahan's, talk to the great people, get the great products, and let them help you uh, keep that yard golf course ready like a golf course uh, – agronomist would who uh, keeps this golf course looking great okay. all right we will come back and uh we'll hit that's that's that that's at the turn and halfway through our show it's time to go behind the boc and they were all asking themselves the same question what is behind that curtain all right let's talk about the uh acquisitions that the longhorns have gotten in the last uh 24 hours really uh, it's been heating up for the Longhorns. Andrew Makuba, uh, the former Clemson defensive back, started two years for them. He is uh, now committed to the Longhorns. Uh, also, uh, via the uh, recruiting world, uh, Xavier Phil Sami, uh, also uh, committed to the Longhorns. He flipped from Florida. Uh, my man Jerry Hamilton was on earlier. He he was buzzing about that a, a while ago. I'll, I'll say he, he, he threw out a hint or a clue about that, I want to say maybe a month ago, maybe a couple of you know, like four, four, four or five weeks ago, he was talking about Xavier Phils and me. Um, so throwing it out there, too, that was a big pickup for the Longhorns. Um, also, earlier, and this was probably 48 hours ago or so, Matthew Golden uh, committed to the Longhorns uh, via the transfer portal, the wide receiver out of Houston. And we'll get to that. I, I want to talk first uh, about Xavier Phils and me, just in what I've watched. Got a chance to watch a lot of film. And like I said, my man Jerry uh, was talking about Phils and me for a while, so I really got a chance to check him out, some of his uh, earlier uh, film and then some of his uh, latest film that's been out there. The one thing that jumps off the screen with Xavier Fields and me is speed, closing speed. And that matters. And I'll tell you why the closing speed matters. Now, he's got elite speed overall. I think he's like a Jerry 10. said 10, 5, 5 in the yeah. 100 so, as a sophomore <laughs> yeah. in high school. As a sophomore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, he can run, run. He really can. Um, and, and first of all, the, the closing speed matters. And I think this is – kind of get into a little bit of football theory here uh the scheme that pk runs now when pk first came to texas uh i think he miscalculated the identity the ecosystem of the big 12 and that i think it was obvious from the product that we saw defensively the 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 secondary and the coverages were oftentimes uh not coordinated with the fronts and the pressure packages then comes in gary patterson and gary patterson I, I believe just kind of gave PK, and PK, I, he has a great defensive coordinator, by the way. So I'm not saying that PK wouldn't have figured it out on his own. Um, but I'm just kind of lining up the timeline. Gary Patterson comes in, and then Gary Patterson, I think, gives PK the cliff notes on the Big 12. 
Like, hey, man, this is what you need to know about the Big 12. Because I think PK miscalculated, like a lot of people do outside of the Big 12, they think the Big 12 is a passing league. And the Big 12 used to be a big-time spread uh, passing league, pace and space league. But now the Big 12 is a running league, cross-dressing as a passing league, right? Mm-hmm. You got some of the best running backs and running games in the country. Okay, State was a top-five rushing team. You got the Doak Walker Award winner coming from the Big 12. Jonathan Brooks probably would have won it if he didn't get hurt. It's a running league that cross-dresses as a passing league. He's trying to fool you. And it did. It fooled PK the first year. Gary Patterson comes in. Gary Patterson tells him, bro, no, no, no. It's a running league, cross-dressing as a passing league. They're just trying to fool you. Don't, don't worry about that. You need to you know, coordinate your coverages this way with your fronts and pressure packages. And when Gary Patterson came in, one of the Gary Patterson staples is quarters coverage. Uh, they played, TCU played more quarters coverage than any team in the Big 12 during Gary Patterson's reign. That was one of his go-tos. Um, and, it, and I'll tell you why schematically it works in a second. But when Gary Patterson came we, we saw PK start playing more quarters coverage. They played the most quarters coverage in the Big 12 last season, and this season, same thing, most quarters coverage in the Big 12. Actually, this year they're playing quarters coverage at a top 10 rate um, in all of the Power 5. And what the quarters coverage does is you need your safe – first of all, you can defend the deep ball, which – PK wants to do. He wants to defend the deep ball, take away the deep ball, and you can do a lot of that taking away the vertical uh, passing game with alignment, the alignment of your safety. You can just deter a lot of that stuff, and he wants to be able to do that. All right, He wants to be able to defend and neutralize vertical routes with the alignment of his safeties, but also still be able to allow those guys to be forced run defenders, and this is when the closing speed comes in, because you need safeties that can be forced run defenders from depth. This is what they wanted out of Jalen Catalan, who's great great at it. I used to call him Alley Catalan because he would run the alley. Go back and watch the beginning of the Bama game. Go back and watch the beginning of the Oklahoma game. Dude, he's running the alley. He's 13 yards deep and he's able to be a forced to run defender in the box at the line of scrimmage because he can, he's got great angles to the football and he understands that the defensive front's going to cancel out certain gaps so he knows exactly where that football's going to pop. And he can take the B-line, uh, B-line uh, alignment to it, and he can really kind of on a laser, you would see him, all right, take the alley. They call it running the alley to get to the football. And that's the key to a guy like Xavier Phil He's got great elite closing speed. You can even see it in some of his film from depth, 12 to 13 yards. I need him to still be a force run defender. All right, who can fill gaps in the running game. I always say just because you got six guys in the box doesn't necessarily mean there are six guys in the run fit. I can get eight guys in the run fit, but I only put six in the box. This is what PK wants to do. And now PK, he can do it now. He has the luxury of having Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford, some of the best front seven defenders in the country. So you can actually play the run with lighter or even boxes. That's having as many defenders as they have blockers or fewer defenders than they have blockers. And Xavier Phil me allows you to have more guys in the run fit without putting him directly in the box all the time. And that's why you want safeties that can close with speed. There you go. Uh, and so as we talked with Jerry and we talked all morning, uh, with Golden and Makuba, you know, you project them as two walk-in starters for Texas. Yeah. One is a wide receiver, one and a kick returner, and one is either a safety or a nickel player in Makuba. Now, three years of experience at Clemson. And as I said, I think he kind of projects to me kind of like A.D. Mitchell for the defense this year. When, when the A.D. Mitchell committed from Georgia, you're like, ooh, that's a dude that's played a lot of ball for a great program. Yep, tight uh, in championship situations. <laughs> and he's coming in motivated to improve, even improve his draft stock, right? That, hey, uh, at Georgia, I was a, you know, caught touchdowns in national championship games, but it wasn't a passing offense, so I wasn't featured. I want to go where I can be featured mm-hmm. and get back to my home state, closer to the, to the little baby he has. There are a lot of reasons. 
but it, it worked perfectly for, for AD, and now he's projected as a top 30, top 35 draft pick in the NFL. Uh, his route running, he got to showcase his, his in a passing offense that's pass first to set up the run, as you've talked about, Rod. Increases draft stuff. And as everything you're just saying about where PK's going with this defense, you can almost hear Makuba thinking the same thing. Yeah, I can go from a – uh, top 100 prospect into maybe a top 50 prospect, maybe top 30 prospect in, in this in this program that's on the rise. Uh, totally oh, or they're going to feature me at a premium position like the nickel. Yeah, uh, and I think with the, the way Texas uses nickel in a variety of ways, you know, sometimes you can showcase your coverage ability lined up on the slot. Sometimes it got your blitz in. You know, sometimes you, you, you're dropping back as a safety almost at times on the field. They go formation to boundary. You're right about that. They can showcase him a lot of ways. And I think he will start off as the nickel. He gives you options though let's just say you know your young safeties aren't ready yet right is Derek Williams and you know they like to rotate a lot of guys in the secondary you got Derek Williams you got Taft Daddy let's say it's taking a little while for Xavier Fields to me and some of these young safeties uh, that you're developing to come around that's okay because he can play safety if that's where you need him and say you like where your young nickels are Jalen Gilbo and Austin Jordan, if you like the development of those young guys, hey, man, you know what? You have a luxury of putting him at safety where we may need him. Um, but if you don't like the development of your nickels, put him at nickel, which is why I think he's actually going to start. Um, and Because I think they, they expect Xavier Phil me to have a track similar to Derek Williams, who's their best coverage safety. And I think his track is going to be, you know, basically Derek Williams was – was giving getting reps, quality reps in the rotation by the end of the season. Um, and I think they expect Xavier Phil me to be the same way next season in terms of his developmental track. And these are guys that can cover. And if you can cover, you're a coverage specialist early, you can play earlier as a player because they're going to need you, right? Derrick Williams is their best coverage specialist at safety, and he's just a freshman. Xavier Phil me can come in and play earlier just because he can cover. Andrew McCubbins can come in as a guy that can play any position in the secondary. Dabble City says he can play strong safety, free safety, nickel, and cornerback if you need him to. Yeah, well, this is another recruiting <laughs> cycle with Sark, and we, you can already project guys that you think can have impact. We saw Xavier Worthy come in, have an immediate impact as a freshman. Uh, we saw Kelvin Banks come in, have an immediate impact as a freshman. This year, Anthony Hill, Manny Muhammad, uh, you know, Derek Williams. And you already look at a guy like uh, Kobe Black at corner. Yep. Uh, you look at uh, Colin Simmons, the pass rusher, being able to, to disrupt and be a, just a player immediately for Texas as an early enrollee. Uh, so you, you can just start to see where this can go. And uh, secondary rebuild to be able to cover to let the hit the pressure get home, right? Yeah. To create those yep. negative plays, great sacks, great turnovers, and go from a really solid, good defense. Look, they, they took the big step this year, Rod, from – pretty good defense into the top 30 they got better this year especially in the run defense if they, as you're projecting they're they're fixing the coverage part of it wow and now all of a sudden you're playing elite defense potentially yeah and you as can you tell into the right? what's this uh recruiting class how many dbs they're, they're five. Taking? five dbs this recruiting class you can tell that's exactly what they're emphasizing and prioritizing we they, got three in the portal which means they've been told yeah. hey you know we're, we're kind of moving on from your, your type of player yep uh we're going to a different system uh, are going a different way. And so three in the portal, and you're bringing in five, and Makuba makes it six. Yeah, and, and you can see the, the commonalities between these skill sets, right? They're like said, coverage specialists. Joy Johnson Rubel is a safety that can play nickel. Uh, Xavier Fields, to me, he's a, you know, a, a coverage specialist back there at safety that can lock down the slot. He's got a lot of speed. So I think speed, things you cannot coach or teach. Speed, I think coverage is something that's innate, something that's programmed early in, in players. I think pass rushing ability is something that's innate programmed early I think now coaches understand I can't coach those things I will recruit those things and I can coach every other thing about I can coach open field tackling I can coach technique I can coach fundamentals 
leverage. I can coach leverage. Those are things that are football classroom things that we can address. I can't make a guy faster. I can't teach him. You know, I mean, can't well, teach him and, how to cover in just one off season. That's well, something that needs to be natural. And remember, three years ago, it was the line of all. It was the offensive line class that was the highlight, right? Yeah. Last year, it was Arch Manning, but also the linebacker class was stellar, right? It featured Anthony yeah, Hill, yeah. Darian Gallette, Leona LaFau, Samaje Burrell. To still, uh, the kid Akana from uh, Utah, so the, the, you know five or six linebackers. Yeah. So you see where they're going, and those guys can all run. They, mm-hmm. You know, speed of linebacker, uh, pass Every, rush, and coverage. The defense is, is last in terms of their roster construction. Yeah. The offense got their, their treatment. They, the, the offense is, is is rolling right now. They they're just trying to uh, supplement different positions and add different positions. They did the big humans. They got one of the best O line classes in in the history of recruiting. You can tell now lately. This will be the DB class largely, but they got Colin Simmons, a pass rusher. Uh, you know, last year they got uh, Manny Muhammad and Anthony Hill. They got specific players to fit the scheme. But you're right, it seems like they're looking at overhauling one position each recruiting class, and this one definitely the DBs. Yeah. Secondary. Without a doubt. Yep. Uh, good stuff right there with Rod Babers behind the BOC as the Longhorns are building a team that can win this year. But beyond mm-hmm. uh, is what it's all about, uh, safe to say. And uh, really, really good stuff right there. Uh, on the Longhorns. And I also think, as I've said, PK and this staff had to prove they could develop players. And that Very where, where Sark came in, yep. everyone knew his offensive acumen. Um, guys like Anthony Hill, Colin Simmons, they wanted to see guys coming to Texas and developing right. and moving on to the NFL, which you're now seeing. Now that becomes, okay, well, I can play there. That's right. And, and, and they're going to the SEC. Uh, which is what uh, players want to do. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we go off the record, including a game I think should be flexed for Christmas weekend, Rod. Flex in the NFL. Also, the other off-the-record stories that you need to hear because you may have missed them, but they'll be talked about. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break, man. Comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, it is off the record. And, you know, Rod, one of the uh, good things or terrible things about our current climate and world is uh, somebody can put something on X or social media and stir the pot and get everybody talking with one, with one post. Oh, yeah. Uh, enter Richard Mendenhall, running I back. I saw this. Yeah. Um, won a Super Bowl with the Steelers, retired in 2013, former NFL player. Yeah. Who, in a three-sentence tweet, said, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Mm, Y'all mm, not mm. even good at football. Can oh. we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl? Wow. So these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. Wow. I'm better than you are, GOAT. Wow. <laughs> I mean, was he high? Was he high as a kite? Like, what? What? What's, did he take this down? Did he Did he delete the tweet? Do we know? I Is the tweet know still up or not? That's what we need to know. Is the tweet still up? Because well, if it's still up. Well, people immediately searched Richard Mendenhall, and it turns out he's married to a white lady. But then he had to come out and defend, no, she's actually uh, Lebanese. Lebanese. She's Lebanese, yeah. Well, she's not white. She's Lebanese. She's like, come on, man. I mean, first of all, let's just say, is, is the tweet still up there? Because if it is, that means he's, he's not regretting his decision. To, to tweet out just a blatantly racist <laughs> tweet. Um, and I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Because I, I, was he high? He I, usually somebody would like you know what I was hacked, and he didn't say that he wasn't hacked. 
He defended this. Yeah, all black, all white. Ball. What happened to the biracial people? Because my daughter's biracial. So yeah, who plays? What, who's Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes going to play for? Yeah. What about the, what about the bi- biracial folks? What are they? They got to choose. Yeah. What are they got to choose? Is it choose like the, the Dave Chappelle racial draft where they had to, they <laughs> traded OJ Simpson and the and we drafted Tiger Woods? Like what's going? Yeah, we're going to have the racial. We got to rebuild the Chappelle racial draft then. Yeah, that's my favorite skit of all time. It is one of the greatest skits. In the history of television. Bill Burr. Dave Chappelle's racial draft. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> we, honestly, we might need to play a piece of it just for the show. Later. It is so good. See if we good. can find that, tie. Oh, no. I, oh, I'll send it I'll to you. I'll find it. Yeah, I know. That's too good. It's so I'm good. I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Thank okay. you very much, Richard. I mean, I hate to even go into detail about this. No. I have long tried to do my best to advocate for the white DB, to bring back the white DB, the white cornerback, because I know I am partly to blame and responsible for That would actually be Jason the, the hardest position for the Pro Bowl if we're trying to go all white versus all black. <laughs> We'd have a problem. We'd be in the Caucasian. In the secondary? The yeah, secondary? Yeah, corner, <laughs> corner would be. Who's going to cover Tyreek Hill? You know, you worried about that, huh, E? You're concerned? You're, you're thinking this through the Caucasian we, side? We'd, we'd have pretty good pass rush. We'd have good interior D. <laughs> We could play linebacker. We did, we'd quarterback have is good. You're we good. Got some, we got some QBs. You got you guys are great. Everyone, you just say I got Christian McCaffrey running running back. You, you got to move. I got C- Cooper Cup. You got to move one of your best white athletes to corner. Christian McCaffrey might play both ways. You might. You might. <laughs> Put Christian McCaffrey in corner. Oh, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Take your what color is Puka. I don't take, know. Exactly. He's, there you go. Puka, I don't think Puka Nakua counts. He's he's got some like he Islander. Doesn't count. No, nah, you're right. He's right. He doesn't count. You can't be claiming him. That's like the the Dave Chappelle racial draft. You can't be claiming dangerous. <laughs> you got the. Uh, that's like the. What is that? He's like a. Is he Samoan or? And who gets Mahomes? I mean, that would be the Pacific first Islander. Pick. Yeah. Well, his uncle's Dana Wyatt, so I, I, he's probably a, what about Tua? a mixture. Where's Tua playing? <laughs> Tua's Hawaiian. Okay, Tua, but he's like, he's, like, he's like a Pacific Islander. Like it's Owen, it's right? like, so when you when you apply for college, if you're Tua, I'm sure he, in, on his application in Alabama, he put Asian Island Pacific, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, but which team is he's he on? Point, yeah, he's point is like, how do we do a racial draft? Do you get to choose? Like, which, how does that work? Who does he play for? Is there, I mean, what about the Latinos? They got to feel left out Come here, on, too. Come on, man. There's a few Latino uh, football players out there that are pretty damn good. Blake Martinez. Come on, man. Come on, man. You rush shot me down. The problem is you're leaving, you're leaving other races out. Yeah. Include yeah. everybody in this damn thing. Yeah, biracial. Wow. Islanders. And he's still – I'm going to go look see if he took it down. I'm sorry. Lebanese. Lebanese. I got to check. Kick, the kicker down. for Atlanta? Oh. I always made, I always swap his name around sometimes. Where's Kaimi Where's Kaimi Fairbairn playing for? That's for, a good for point. the Texans, I don't know. That, that's why it's such a silly thing to say. But thank you, Richard, for yeah. stirring the pot with one simple tweet. I think he still left it up. I believe it's still up there. I think. Mm. Yeah, because he, he's still, he's on here arguing his points <laughs> with several people on Twitter. So. Yeah. And who is he? Who I love that JJ Watch response is we'd get cooked at corner, not gonna lie. Oh. Nobody on our squad is covering Tyreek. JJ Watch. <laughs> JJ Watch <laughs> response was we get cooked at corner. So he agrees with you. That's what y'all gotta scout yeah, we out. We got to use some receivers to collect. The corners. Caucasian squad gotta figure that one out, man. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe we're discussing it. Yeah, well, that's it, right? <laughs> he didn't take it down. Wait. He left it up there. He's he's running with it. I guess you got to commit to the bit. Yeah. Even if it's a racist bit, you got to commit to it. That's wild. Hey, Richard, uh, you can change the channel. <laughs> That's your power. What are you doing? You don't have to watch the shows that you're talking about. Uh, hey, we come back, Rob. You had some uh, off-the-record stuff, too. I want to hear the audio you you were going to bring. Also, the game, I think the NFL needs to flex immediately today. 
for this weekend. Oh, I want to hear also, this. Yeah, I got, I got it for you. Let's do it. Uh, also, you've got another rant to get to. Yes, sir. And uh, off the record, excuse me, off the record is over. We're going to have uh, who said that? Who said that? We roll. It's uh, three hours down, two to go on a busy Tuesday. It's hook 'em up with the Ian Rodby.